How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. All right, we are back, and we are literally standing by this entire hour waiting to hear from the twins. We know we've got Roy Smalley at 1045. Twins are going to try to get us somebody. Obviously, there are important talks going on over there, and we are going to be very, very flexible. In the meantime, Sid had a chance to catch up with Joe Maurer. We're going to listen to that Joe Maurer interview while we continue to stay in touch with uh, Twins representatives. Let's listen. To retire, do you have any regrets? No, I don't. I don't. Um, You know, obviously, I I took... uh, a lot of time and um, you know going over everything, but um, no, I'm I'm definitely happy and uh, I'm happy where I'm at right now. Are you going to do anything baseball? Um, no, right now I'm I'm not doing anything baseball related. Um, you know I've I've had uh, you know obviously I've been in real. Let's see, so. No, not in baseball, but, um, you know, I've definitely been in contact with the Twins and just, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that I would keep all the, the community and all the charity work that I've been doing, um, you know, the same. And, you know, I as far as baseball-wise goes, I, I, I'm just not uh, not there quite yet. How, how do you account for uh, improvement over last year? How do uh, the team's improvement? What was that? How do you improve over last year? How did the team improve? Well, you know, every year is different. You got to go out and um, you know, you get a different group of guys, coaches. Um, guys grow another year. Um, there's a lot of different things that happen, and um, you know, I'm happy that the guys are uh, you're performing well and, and playing well. What about all the home runs? How do you know that? Well, we added a lot of power. Um, you know, the, the likes of uh, Nelson Cruz and Scope and Crone and um, and even the guys that were here last year are, are hitting for more power. So um, I'm not uh, I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but I'm happy that uh, they're they're playing well. Talk about Garver, how well he's playing. Garver, um, it's it's nice to see the year that he's having. Um, He's always been a guy for me. I've always enjoyed watching him hit. He's always have a, had a great plan, and um, he's really putting it together this year, not only on the offensive side but on the defensive side as well. What about the big change from Molitor to the president manager? Well, to be honest, I don't know. Um, I'm, not, uh, I'm not in the clubhouse. I don't really know what's going on, but um, I know Rocco from competing against him and um, – you know, playing and seeing him as a player and a manager, and, and I know that the Twins have a good one in Rocco, so I'm glad to see uh, him having the success, and uh, I hope it continues. What about Rosero, Kepler, Buxton, Sanon? You think these young guys would put the games together? Yeah, I, I think they're at a point in their career where, you know, they're starting to get in their mid and late 20s and um, got a couple years of experience under their belt. And, and I think they're they're starting to really turn the corner. And it, it's been a lot of fun 
Um, I think as uh, players in general, when they hit that four or five-year mark in the big leagues and and start to get in those late 20s, I I think you start finding that they're playing their best baseball. So I see those guys... uh, you know, improving, and I could see them getting even better. Does it remind you when Hunter, Morno, and Kandire were all playing together with, with you? Yeah, they, they got a good group. They got a good core, um, you know, very talented group, um, and very good guys, too. So it, it, it's been fun um, to kind of have a small part in that grooming process and uh, to see those guys uh, improve every day. What advice would you give to the t- team for the second half? Just keep playing. Keep playing. Keep having fun. Um, you can tell uh, they're a lot more relaxed and you know, there's a lot of smiles going out there. Just keep doing what you're doing. They don't have to do change anything. When you're, when you're in spring training last year, did you have any idea this team could be this good this year? Yeah. Absolutely, I uh, I knew what we had in the room, um, you know, last season. Um, you know, obviously a lot of things uh, didn't go our way, you know, with injuries and um, you know all sorts of things. But um, you know, I knew what uh, what type of talent was in that room and, and what uh, that team last year was capable of, and, and coming into this year, what they're capable of. But you know, I'm really um, happy and. Um, Happy for them, how it's been going, and um, you know they've made great moves to to add to that core that was already there. So um, it's it's been really uh, really fun and exciting. Do you have any thoughts about the Hall of Fame? I don't, I don't really. Um, you know, I haven't really put a whole lot of thought into that. Um, obviously, it'd be a tremendous honor, but um, you know that's still a long ways away. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. All right, we'll take a break here. We'll come back, maybe get an update what's happening with the Twins. We'll talk a little Twins baseball. And I'm going to give the, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give the phone numbers here. I can't promise we'll go right to callers because we don't know what we're going to hear from the Twins. But we know a lot of people probably have questions on their mind. We've got things we want to talk about. Let's set things up. You can text us. You can call us. And, and we'll talk among ourselves and maybe get a Twins guest. Again, we know we have Roy Smalley at 1045. No PJ at, at 1030. We're working on a variety of things. But here's the phone number, just in the outside chance you don't know it. 651. 651- 989 989-9226. Why don't you give us a call? Probably prefer twin topics, but we'll take any topics on your mind. We'll try to mix the phone calls, your text messages, conversation. All of that's going to follow this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. Uh, we are back. We've got stuff we want to talk about. Why don't we go to a couple of those phone calls uh, first? Uh, Dave, you're mobile, and you were the first to call. Why don't you uh, tell us what's on your mind? I see on my screen it's related to the twins, so go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, good morning, and a great show as always. Uh, at the game last night, and just wondered uh, what your thoughts about bunting. I know it was bases loaded. I know we had a good hitter up. But uh, your thoughts about not bunting to tie the game and maybe go ahead. Uh, I'll hang up and listen. I mean, are you talking about Garber with the bases loaded or what? Yeah. Well, yeah, but then you got to force out at home, so your bunt has to be perfect. And, and how many how many bunts has he got in his major league career? Yeah, I don't, Zero? I don't know, but you know. I mean, there are certain players who are up there that you that you got enough confidence, maybe. But boy, with them, the infield pulled in at the corners. Uh, decent fielding pitcher uh, Hendricks, uh, pretty risky. 
20 yeah. years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago? Sure, you'd have been thinking about now. Garver's hitting the ball, uh, you oh, know, barreling up the ball. I mean, yeah. uh, he's probably as good as anybody you want to have up there. Well, but then, now, if they're second and third and you want a safety squeeze. It's different. And, and the guy waits for the ball to be bunted from third base, then you got a chance, but but then you're not risking as much. But if the base is loaded, all you got to do is flip it to home and you got an out. Yeah, and you, don't even, you know, all you have to do is touch the plate. Well, uh, we'll take one more call, then we'll talk. Jeff in Glenwood. Morning, Jeff. Go ahead. Yeah, good, yeah, good morning, guys. You, you do a great job. Uh, my 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 questions are: Do you guys think the Twins are close to making any deals for yes. a couple of relief pitchers in the bullpen? Yes, and either that or maybe a starter. And uh, I'll hang up and listen. Yes, I, I know they are. I mean, they're, 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 I, I was the people that I've talked to say it's going to be more than. Uh, uh, Probably one deal. It's it's going to be. You know, I think it's multiple deals. Yeah, Let's get Sid in, and then I'm going to jump in on I, that. The one thing I'll say is, though, if if they went and got a starting pitcher, they could put Martin Perez into the bullpen. I think I, I think he's. I don't think you do it with Panita because I don't think he's a reliever. No. But Perez has that kind of electric left-handed stuff that I think you could put him in and help your bullpen a great deal. So if you got a starter. And, and he replaced Perez. I think Perez could be a big asset for you in the bullpen. Sure, watch him first time through the batting order. That'd be yeah. kind of that situation. All right, Sid, the, the caller's question is, how close do you think the Twins are to a trade, and do you think relief pitching is what they're targeting more than anything else? The trouble with the Twins right now is one thing. One thing. They don't have Buxton, and that's the biggest, biggest problem. Believe me, they, Buxton is all... So important to that team. He's the best base stealer. He's the best defensive guy. He's the best everything. And last night, the guy playing right field, if if uh, Kepler is playing there, he makes that catch, and the game is over. And then when they got guys played on the field, it's trouble there. Without Buxton, without the other people, they're not a very good club. Okay, yeah, but Buxton isn't the reason. I mean, some of these things—they've scored enough runs. They've not. I think their big thing is that they've got, you know they got twelve good players that can hit, twelve, thirteen guys, good players that can hit. I, I, they want Buxton back for sure, and he's a running game, all that stuff. But that's not why they've lost a couple of these. Let's go back to the caller's original question because I want to jump in there. Hammer, I know you like to do is keep your eye when they post the lineups, and we'll see if by any chance Buxton got uh, activated today or maybe my guest and Allies can <laughs> can take a look. You're pretty up to date on what's going on. All right, so here's the deal. The Twins quietly have cleared four spaces off their 40-man roster. Yep. That's not a coincidence. They're working on something. Mike, when you throw out the term multiple, there's no question in my mind. We're not talking about getting a single player. We're talking about getting two and maybe a as many as three spots on the 40-man, and also uh, they've got multiple opportunities to do things on the 25-man roster. So, yeah, are the Twins working on something? No question that the Twins are working on something. I think it's reflecting the fact that we're having trouble getting a guest on right now. I think that they're in serious, serious discussion. Sid? Here's a problem with making a deal. There's so many clubs in the running for wild card or or for a, a playoff spot. They're going to have a hard time. They had plenty of time earlier. Right now, with Rogers getting beat last night, they don't have one single great bullpen guy. 
Uh, I'm looking at Hammer, uh, who's back working on this. We're going to take a break here. Uh, t- keep the phone calls coming. Yeah. Uh, th- this is the main topic today, and we want to make sure we give everybody a chance. Uh, text messages, uh, you can use that same number. Text message, that number again is 651-989-9226. I've got multiple notes here of topics we can talk about. Twins related. We obviously have our own opinions. We would love to hear your opinions. Use this break to give us a call. Shoot us a text message. We'll continue this conversation right after this as you listen to the Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. Okay, we are back. Uh, I want to thank my friends Jay and Sam Nally who are visiting us today from Scottsdale. They checked uh, the lineups today. No Buxton today. No C.J. Crone. Adrianza at first base. Jerry Brockert, good friend, just texted. No Buxton today. I'm sure if he'd been activated, he'd, he'd be in the lineup today. Sid, before we, we go, oh, I'm going to get the phone numbers again because uh, we've got open lines. 651-989-9226, text or phone. Now, Sid, before we go anywhere else, I wanted to, to give you a chance to talk. And then I want to say something. We lost a good friend this week. Steve Goldstein, who was the general manager of this station at one time. He was the head of the University of Minnesota Foundation. He, he uh, was a major figure in the Twin Cities advertising community. One of the nicest people you would ever meet. Had a long battle with cancer uh, that he unfortunately passed away early this week. But I know that you were very close to Steve. Yeah, very close personal friend. When he took general manager here, he gave me my first decent uh, money contract. <laughs> I was getting paid where I should get paid, and uh, he's just a good, good person. Just a crime. At sixty-eight years yeah. old, he should pass away. And they're having a big uh, memorial service on August fourth at Golden Valley Country Club at noon. It won't be big enough place to take care of that thing. For him, yep. he'll have the whole yard filled. That's how popular he was. Yeah, no question about it. Just an absolute he, good at everything he did. He went out and got Dave Lee, too. I mean, yeah. think about that investment. We all have our black marks against <laughs> us. But, uh, uh, no, he uh, he just did so many great things uh, here at the station. And then you know, he was with the advertising agency. And, and you know, no, no background on the radio. He went from here to Colfax Communication, built them into a national powerhouse, many acquisitions, came back here, the head of the University of Minnesota Foundation. I mean, Steve had wore so many hats and wore them so well. Just a real, real loss. Uh, to the community. Uh, let's see. Uh, the, um, okay, I want to go to a couple of my notes. Uh, the uh, twin situation, their flexibility, uh, the one guy whose name is really popped up nationally as I try to monitor this is Arias. People look at him and no one heard of him until a month ago. And he's come along and he has intrigued people at a national level. And, I, you know, Jonathan Scope is a free agent at the end of the year. I think that the twins have their second baseman for next year. Well, the other thing is, though, if depending on how you want to uh, reshuffle the deck, that could put Sano more in play on the trade deadline because you could play a raise at third base yep. or, or, or Gonzalez, Gonzalez and, and work third. a raise in. Uh, but uh, the reason that I think the Twins are still in good shape is that they've got so many good players to trade. I mean, you can trade some good players, and you're still backed up. You know, Austin Deal will come back. He's a little injury prone. That's starting to yeah. concern you a little bit the way his body breaks down. But when he comes back, if you've got he and a raise sitting basically as extra players – you got something there that you can package. Plus, you've got some pitchers, I think, that you could still deal. Yeah, well, you got Gonzalez fits in that, can play so many positions. Yeah. And then you know, their first baseman is today. Who knew he could play first base? Adrianza, yeah. Adrianza and play well. Sid, the Twins have an awful lot of free agents. 
at the end of this year. We've talked about the Rule 5 guys, but on their own roster, they have so many free agents. You, we know from previous conversations with management, they've tried to sign these guys. How many of them do you think will be around next year? I don't know. They could lose a lot of them. I'll tell you that. They haven't done too much when it comes to signing free agents. They signed two. They're lucky they signed the two. They get back to the Twins. That outfield was the best in the base. And without those guys playing in, in the outfield, they just haven't uh, made the plays. And that's made it. Kepler is a better right fielder. He's not a good center fielder. He's okay, but he's no uh, left fielder. Uh, yeah. They don't have they, they have different guys. Playing. Well, Rosario's been out. To me, not having that regular outfield has really hurt uh, him bad. All right, if you're going to go down that road, and, and that might be true, look at what the Cleveland Indians have done without Kluber and Carrasco. I mean, you talk about a team decimated with two all-star type pitchers that have survived and stayed in the race. So yeah, the, the Twins have had injuries. Cruz has been out. Crone's uh, been out, Gonzalez has been out, Buxton's been out, but nothing compared to the devastation that Cleveland's found. So, so this is true for all teams, and, and whether it's Buxton in center field or Kluber as your pitcher, I, I think Cleveland has been the most affected by injuries more so than the Twins, and they've survived, and that's just a part of the way you got to play baseball. You know, take it easy on the vocabulary. They've not only survived, they have prospered. And you <laughs> you look at some of the guys in their lineup, uh, and you go, who, who's this guy again? Uh, but, the, you know, they have patched it together extraordinarily well. There's just no question about it. I think that uh, – oh, I wanted to ask you one thing. we got a break here in about two minutes. But I wanted to ask you uh, both, if, if you want to chime in, the Rosario home run. I was Somebody said, yeah. where does it rank among – Crucial hits in Twins history. I said, "Boy, that's a tough question." You got, you know, all the way back to '61, uh, but it was it was a huge, huge play. Um, they had two big moments. You know, they, they I don't want to say they stole two, but we had Tom Kelly on last week talking about you know, '60, you win; '60, you lose; yep. '40, you're up for grabs. Yep. They they won one in Cleveland, or they would have lost the series that night when they mm-hmm. came back, and then they they I don't, they didn't steal it. They got hit a home run to win it, but you didn't you didn't feel like they were going to win that game. And with one pitch, especially the way Fires was pitching that night, yeah. Rosario changed the game. Uh, so that's huge. You, you know, it took me back to a little bit though watching this series because Oakland did the same thing the next night. Uh, right. Eric Fox. Eric Fox, nineteen ninety two. Eric Fox, Jamie now, now, Quirk. Now, yep, you got you got to yep. you got to know a little bit of Twins history here. But Dave, remember Eric <laughs> Fox? Remember what he did because the Twins yep. in ninety two after winning ninety one, they they were what we thought heading right back to defend the title. That John was Scalia Eric Fox's career hit. And Eric Fox hit a home run yep. for Oakland, right? Yep, Changed exactly. The season. Yeah, you can look him up. There's not a whole lot, not a big bio, but I bet that's in his short form bio. Sydney, right now I have no bullpen, nobody. And Rogers failed yesterday. Well, yeah, but he was about the fourth time in a row. I mean, the guy's been pretty been used. good before that. But outside of him, they don't have a bullpen. They need to go out and get two. Their starters aren't aren't that good. Gibson, ordinary. Uh, who else is any good as a starter? Well, Barreas isn't uh, bad as a starter. No, yeah, he was a weird. He labored yeah. to a shut five yeah, and two thirds. Yeah, nobody gives him credit. Night. Michael Pineda. Uh, yep. Through six innings is uh, has been a uh, yeah, Perez has been really good yeah, too since yeah. the break. 
right, well, I'm getting a signal from We've got Hammer back this week. The first team is in here. He's giving me a signal. Time for a station break. While we do that, we're going to keep the phone lines open like we've done kind of in the past two months. You've got something in your mind. You don't have to wait for me to give the numbers, but we've got Roy Smalley in 10 minutes. We're open until then unless we hear from the Twins, and we're going to keep that line open all morning long. So give us a call during the break. The number to call, 651-989-9226. Back right after this. Sports Huddle. Sid, Dave and Mike. We are back. If you just joined in, there's no P.J. Fleck today. He has another commitment, which is too bad because I think we'd like to talk about what happened in the Big Ten meetings in Chicago. But his boss, Mark Coyle, will join us at 1130. We will cover some of that same ground. Gentlemen, I have a text message here that we're going to turn into something that may be a little different from what the texter uh, Want it. Uh, the text message reads, now that Joe Mauer is retired, do you think he's ready to take over at quarterback position for the Vikings? Uh, no, but Mike, how good would Joe Mauer have been? Uh, you saw he was a Gatorade player of the year in Minnesota and by one uh, ranking, the player of the year uh, in high school football. Uh do you, I mean, there's a rich history of guys coming out of there and playing really good quarterback beyond high school. Yeah, and of course that position is so doggone hard to forecast. I mean, what you think, what you get. And uh, Chris Winkie obviously came out of there. And now he's at, uh, I just heard from him recently, he's at the University of Tennessee coaching right now. Uh, but um, uh, the people at Creighton, Durham Hall, et cetera, remember they used, to, they used to project him to be like a Carson Palmer mm-hmm. in terms of you know, his size, yeah, his makeup, guy, his arm yeah. strength. Uh, they kind of saw him in that role. Of course, Palmer had a very you know good career down there, but but that's where they saw. And of course, that quarterback position, you, know, you got to get to a certain level, and then some some guys they take it to that next. Very few, but some guys take it to that next level. And now you're talking about far of breeze, and a lot of that has to do with how hard you study and whatnot. Joe was at Dunkers this week, and he got the question about how seriously he considered football. And he said, uh, I mean, he he loved football and loved the attention and was ready to go to Florida State. But he said, baseball was it. If I went high in baseball, there's there's no question about it. Sid, Joe Maurer, where do you think he ranks in the great Minnesota multi-sport athletes that you've covered over all the years? Okay. How would he reach? How would he rate? Because he was he was terrific in basketball. He was by one service the number one high school football player in the country, and we know he was the number one choice in the draft. You've covered the state of Minnesota for sixty plus seventy years. Where does he rank on that list of great Minnesota athletes? As a high school player, I think he's the best that ever lived. Really, as a high school player. Okay, maybe not as a college player. Uh, you take guys like Grant, who played baseball, who played football, and you even played with the Lakers. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's now, pretty he, good. technically, he was a Wisconsin guy, but yeah. we'll, we'll claim him for Minnesota. I put, I, Mike, I'd put Dave Winfield. Well, you know, uh, it, it's list. funny because it's almost two different arguments because the most athletic was Dave Winfield, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. But he didn't play – people he didn't play football in high school. He got no. drafted in college. He right. didn't play football. And basketball, he actually came too late as well. Certainly, you got to say he's the most athletic, right? Yeah, oh, no question. He's the best basketball player to ever leave the intramural ranks to go play for, for the <laughs> yeah, Gophers. For sure. And that's not close. And stati- but statistically, he didn't put up the numbers that a Maurer, even a Wanky and guys like that did. It's just that when you see him, that is so freakish athletically that you're never going to see anything like that. The story on Winfield, uh, as I heard it, he was playing intramural ball, and, his, and the other guys on the team knew all about him and said to the coach, Musselman, there's a guy playing intramural basketball could help us. And Musselman said, there's nobody playing intramural basketball could play at this level. Why don't you have, why don't you have him come over? And they, you know, and they signed him on, signed him on the spot. He After was, about 10 minutes. He <laughs> was phenomenal. He, went, you know, uh, he was on his way to baseball practice one day. Carrying his cleats came out of the, the locker room, and it was the intramural 
uh, track and field championships, and his his buddies, and they they were running up a nice team score, and they asked to try the high jump, and he put down a, in his sweats, and he put down his spikes, and you know, either won or finished second in the high jump. He'd never high jumped uh, before. I mean, he he was just sensational. Well, and what you know, I mean, he's an eyelash away from being a pitcher too. Because had they not allowed him to hit that, had he not gone to Alaska, and yep. I've had told, sat down with him more than once and talked about this, but he was very frustrated that the Gophers wouldn't let him hit. And had he not gone up to Alaska for summer baseball and had a really good year, they might not have let him hit that last year. And, and, and now he would have still been a professional right. baseball player as a pitcher, but who knows how that would have been written. I got a call one night. Dark Star was sick, and they said, can you come in and do sports night? And we had uh, Winfield on. I got a chance to ask him. Any regrets? And he said, I wanted to pitch. I wanted I wanted to, one manager to give me a chance to pitch to one batter in the major leagues. You look at that line, he never got never I, got that chance. I'm not so sure that he could have been an alternative, a closer, you know, come out of the yep. outfield pitching to somebody. Sid, do you think – you saw Dave Winfield play college baseball for the University of Minnesota. Do you think he could have made an impact as a pitcher in Major League Baseball? Bud Grant? No, Dave Winfield. Dave Winfield? As a pitcher in Major League Baseball. I think he could have. I think uh, he's pretty tough to not uh, talk about him as an athlete. He was baseball, basketball, football, too. He's uh, outstanding as an athlete. It's amazing all those guys come in that one area, St. Paul, Morris, Winfield, and Molitor. Yeah, we're going we're to break right here because uh, we got a chance to get Roy Smalley. We're going to do it right now. We're going to start Roy Smalley with his favorite Dave Winfield story. Then stick, stick around. This is a good story. Uh, you're listening to Sports Auto with Sid, Dave, and Mike. Right, we are back. We've got a chance to talk to my neighbor, Roy Smalley. And, Roy, there's so much to talk about, but we got off on a different tag. I don't know if you were listening. And in the last segment, we were talking about Minnesota's great athletes, and the name Dave Winfield came up. I said, oh, my gosh, Roy Smalley's our next guest. Uh, we need to ask him to tell his favorite Roy, Small, uh, Roy Smalley, Dave Winfield story about meeting in the college uh, World Series. <laughs> well, that was an incredible uh incredible game and incredible experience i think for uh, everybody back in 1973 when he was uh a junior in college as were uh fred lynn and and me on the usc team that played the the uh, gophers and to set the stage a little bit uh we had a fantastic team that year at usc and and uh, had kind of breezed through uh the the college world series tournament until we got to the minnesota game Minnesota had a loss, Arizona had a loss, and we were undefeated. So if we could beat Minnesota, then Arizona State would have to beat us twice, and we didn't think that would uh, they'd be able to do that. So we we really wanted to win that game, but Dave Winfield stood in our way, and uh, literally he was uh, 60 feet six inches away, and throw, it seemed like he was throwing about 100 miles an hour as a pitcher. A big, you know, six five seemed like he he stepped halfway to the plate to to throw it in. He had us uh, down. Uh, he had one hit us through eight innings. We were down seven to nothing on only one hit uh, through eight innings. And in the bottom of the ninth, we scored uh, three runs. I think it was off of uh, Winnie. He walked a couple guys. We got a couple singles. We scored three runs, and uh, they took uh, they took him out, put him out in left field. At that point in time, we thought we were, we figured we were going to win the game. We didn't think after Winfield, we didn't think anybody was going to be able to uh, hold us down. And sure enough, 
we ended up scoring eight runs in the bottom of the ninth to uh, to win that game. Pretty pretty amazing. Sid's got a question for you, Roy. How much are they being hurt by not having a, a, a good outfield put together? We're, we're on twins now. <laughs> Say that again. I'm sorry. He said, how much are the Twins being hurt by not having their, their 1A outfield combination in there regularly? Oh, I think they're, I think they're hurt a lot. Uh, there's a different kind of energy uh, around the ballpark when Byron Buxton is in uh, the lineup playing uh, center field. And we all know what he can do defensively, which is a, is a huge help. And it, it allows Rosario and Kepler to play the positions that they're most uh, adept at, but also offensively, uh, even though his uh, batting average number is not close to 300, he always seems to be in the middle of scoring runs or driving in runs. He's had a great knack for uh, really being a catalyst on on the team, and if nothing else, I just like to see him hit a two or three hopper to an infielder someplace and watch their air catch on fire as they... (laughs) Try to throw him out at first base. Explain Oakland, Roy, because he, again, you know, going into the season, you didn't, you know, you talk Angels and Houston and all that in the West, and here they are again. Explain what you see. Well, I wasn't talking uh, the Angels. I was talking Houston and Oakland. I think Oakland's a fantastic team, and I was frankly surprised uh, that they got off to the slow start that they did. They've got a, a lineup very similar to the Twins. They can pound the baseball and. Uh, they've got, uh, in addition to that, they've got a gold glover at first base in Matt Olson, who's a big power hitter and a gold glover. They've got the defensive player of the year last year at third base in Matt Chapman, who's just a, a fantastic player. And this Ramon Laureano kid in center field, uh, is, uh, can, by talent wise, can, can, uh, challenge Byron Buxton for being a gold glove, uh, center fielder. The, the thing that was surprising is I didn't think their starting pitching would be great, but their bullpen is, uh, last year was one of the best in the game. That has flipped. The, the two bullpen guys, Trevino and Trinan, who were so lights out last year, have struggled this year. And the starting pitchers, uh, led by uh, Mike Fires, have stepped up. And out of uh, – Nowhere, Liam Hendricks has become as good a closer as there is in the game. So other guys have stepped up. The defense and offense still there. They've put together a a, a great streak, and I, I really believe they're they're the equal to Houston. It's going to depend on uh, how those two teams pitch down the stretch as to who wins that division. Right. I know we want to get into potential deals and what you, what you like and think might be coming, but I, I think in our listening audience, there's almost a hundred percent correlation with people who saw the money, the movie Moneyball, and people wondering why Robbie Grossman is out there in the left field. I think of Brad Pitt sitting in that conference room with all the old time scouts and say, "Why do we want this guy? Because he gets on base." And there, there you are. Doesn't have the throwing arm we saw last night. Robbie Grossman is out there in the left field because he gets on base, and the A's value that. Yeah, they've, you know, they've got guys that hit the ball out of the ballpark and, um, and some guys, uh, need to be on base there, uh, for him. Robbie is tremendous at that. We've seen it. We saw that, uh, every year that he was, that he was here. He's a switch hitter and, uh, he just, he just tends to have a 350 or better on base percentage, uh, every year. He, he takes tough at bats. He draws walks. He doesn't swing at bad pitches. He's just a, 
very valuable uh, offensive uh, guy in, in their in their lineup. So uh, you know he's, he's a big league player for uh, a number of reasons, and led by his ability to get on base. You look back to Andy McPhail when he had to make some trades. He made them, and the result is they won a couple of World Series. These guys haven't moved. Like said, talking about the Twins, Roy, uh, that's that's a good uh, entree. We we tried to get a bunch of Twins on uh, this morning. We've been trying it, and they're all in meetings and conferences. Tell us what you think is happening over there and where it might turn out. Well, I think, I, I, I don't know. I don't have any idea. I'm not privy to any kind of information or even scuttlebutt. I have no uh, no idea, but I think... I think they tipped their hand uh, back uh, a month or so ago. Uh, they made a bona fide effort, uh, a, a real effort, uh, to uh, get the big reliever from Boston and ended up uh, going to the uh, to the uh, Cubs and uh, weren't able to do that. But I think they, I, I think that gives you an idea that they, uh, you know, they they think they need some bullpen help, and they think that if the bullpen uh, can be the place that can make the biggest impact and I, I i tend to i tend to agree with them so we'll we'll see what happens i i know that they're uh um hold on just a second guys i'm just pulling into the twins parking lot hi i'm really sorry <laughs> <with Fox Sports. laughs> <See ya. laughs> so you know they they keep changing security guards out. Here. <laughs> I know, Roy. I go through the same ones every day. <laughs> I, I, I keep having I keep having to break these guys in. <laughs> I know what you mean. You got to bring that ID with every time because you don't know. Roy, Roy who? The other, the, yeah, the other the other day somebody asked me for my uh, for my ID badge and I, I I put out my right hand and I said, "Does a World Series ring help?" <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Hey, Roy, I was just asking, I asked TK this last week too, but if you traded for a starting pitcher in, in, in Perez, let's just say hypothetically you did, would he be the kind of guy that could be a really good, could you shore up your bullpen that way by moving a starter to relief? Yeah, that's, a, that's real potential. If you think about the guys that they're going to continue to have starting uh, it, and who might go to the, to the bullpen, it's kind of a process of elimination. You're going to start Barrios, uh, uh, Gibson, and Odorizzi, so the candidates would be you know Perez or Michael Pineda, and I, I think I, I think Perez is a better candidate out of the bullpen than uh, than Pineda. I, and that's not a denigration of, of either one of those right. uh, guys. Pineda would be uh, would be good in the sense that that he's uh, he, he's around the plate all the time, throwing strikes, and you need that from a bullpen guy. But uh, potentially they don't have a left-hander in the bullpen other than Taylor Rogers, and you know to. To have another guy, a left-hander that's got, you know, that's got strikeout kind of stuff potentially, uh, that would be helpful. So that that would show up the bullpen, and and it, if they were able to get a a real bona fide starter, then probably shore up the whole pitching staff. All right, uh, Roy's in the parking lot. Sid, you got the last question. Rogers got him out on the first two pitches last night. What did he do from then on? What did he throw different pitches? Well, uh, we're talking about Taylor Rogers. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he he didn't have a good breaking ball last night. It's the first time in a, in my memory that he was struggling to have a good command of of his breaking ball, which is which is kind of his wipeout pitch, and it's a pitch that needs to uh, impress hitters. Both right uh, the uh, fastball uh, needs to impress the hitters, which he had last night. 
but the breaking ball is the one that they that they really worry about, and then he he can get strikeouts with that, and then fool him with uh, good fastballs. He just didn't have his uh, his good breaking ball last night, and had to had to come in the uh, the more in the middle of the plate with his fastball, and and they, Oakland just ambushed him. And the guys that got hit, that's so not their first rodeo in in terms of that. They 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 know how to they can hit, they can just flat hit. So you know he's a little vulnerable as any pitcher would be when you're basically a two pitch pitcher, and one of the pitches isn't working that night. Bryce, why we'll give your murder certificates to your neighbor. Mr. Mona, <laughs> so you can take your beautiful ride to Murray's for the rest of time. Thank you. You know, I, I, I told my wife that that was a possibility. She was very excited about that, Sid. So uh, as, uh, as long as Dave uh, trucks it over there and doesn't keep it for himself, we're in good shape. Keep Roy, well, you're outstanding. We appreciate it very much, by the way. Thanks so much, Roy. It sounds like you got in the parking lot, guys. All right, we're going to go to break here, come back, wrap things up in, the, in this hour. Uh, you're listening to the Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. Still in touch with the Twins, trying to set up a guest for the 11 o'clock. Roy Smalley was, was great. That was, he he oh, was outstanding. Oh, it was fun to talk to him. I love to hear his call of the game. He sees the game yep. so well. and Not a bad move showing his ring to the parking lot attendant. Mm-hmm. That probably got him uh, in the parking lot. Guys, can we agree on one thing? The price, if you're a seller in this market, with so many teams now moving back into at least wildcard contention, there's relatively few sellers. I think they're out there. Just prices across the board. If you want one of those guys, you're going to pay more than you would have. Sid, do you think the price of talent has gone up with so so many buyers and so few sellers out there in, in baseball? Price the price has gone up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No question. No question about it. Yeah. I think you're right. Mike, if you were yeah. out there as a GM, I'm going. I'm rubbing my hands together saying, you want so-and-so? We'll okay. talk. Yep. Uh, Houston's interested in him. Oakland's interested in him. Uh, the yep. Yankees are interested in him. Boston's interested in him. Tampa's interested in him. That's just the American League. What, what, what do you guys got to offer? Yeah, and Cleveland's is. now interested in it. I'd, I'd put Cleveland absolutely on that list. There's no question. And I don't know what they got for prospects, but again, I think the Twins are well fortified to make a deal because they could they could legitimately give you two everyday players if the, if the trade was right. Two guys that I mean can help you, not just guys that you can play, but guys that could be good for you for the next few years. And MLB.com trade rumors has made that exact same point that the Twins have guys currently on their roster. Or Jake Cave uh, name comes up; he could be playing for teams. There's no sure. doubt about. It. Then they've got Rooker down at AAA, Raleigh at AAA. Guys that they're going to have to make a decision on Rule Five type decision. Do they go on the forty man? And there's no doubt, even though Sid I know is disappointed, they haven't done anything. They've done something clearing those guys off their rosters. All the pitchers whose name began with with them, I think, uh, to clear those roster spaces. They are making way for something. We're trying to figure out if it's going on this morning because Sid keeps saying, get so-and-so. Micah, how many text messages did you have back and forth this morning? The Twins are working to try to get us. There are meetings going on over there, even as we speak. There's just no doubt about it. Meetings and, uh, you know, what happens here, uh, you know, I mean, this Major League Baseball is a complex deal. So, so you've got to involve. You got to bring. If you're Falvey and Levine, now you got to bring um, uh, Rocco Baldelli in and oh, say, yeah. "What do you think of this guy? How, how would this guy fit? How is this guy doing? Would, would you would you be okay if we gave him up?" There's lots of conversations. That, not, not that they haven't had these conversations before, 
but but you got to get rock solid on some of this stuff before you pull the trigger. And, and then Dave St. Peter and the poll ads might have to get involved, depending on. So there's a lot of things. I know you're saying question about we tried to get player. They said Rocco gave the players permission to come in late. We asked for Rocco. Rocco's in meetings. Falvey Levine in meetings. PR staff in meetings. There's something going on over there this morning. Who knows? But it'd be an interesting day to stay close to your your phone, your radio uh, games here uh, this afternoon. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, there will be another phone segment in the 11 o'clock hour. We'll give the numbers. It'll be interesting to hear what's on your mind. Things. You're listening to the Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 